John chapter 11, verses 20 through 27. Um, for the last few weeks, I've been talking about the great I am. This is my, this is, I don't know which one this is, but next week is going to be the last message in this series. Okay, so so far what we've discussed is I am the foundation. I am the bread of life. Remember I tried making bread? Didn't work. I am the light of the world. I got a new iPhone that I'm super happy about because of the flashlight. They say it's brighter than all the other iPhones. The Lord is good. I love flashlights. I'm such a, such a nerd that way. I am the light of the world. I am the door. I am the light. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And today I want to talk about I am the resurrection. Next week as we end it out, we're going to be talking about I am the alpha and omega. But today I want to talk about the I am the resurrection. So in John chapter, verse, uh, John chapter 11, verses 20 through 27, I'm going to talk about two kinds of resurrections. And what these resurrections meant, what these resurrections mean, okay, and how God is inviting us into both of these types of resurrections. So John chapter 11, verses 20 through 27. So then Martha, someone say Martha, when she heard that Jesus was coming, went to meet him, but Mary stayed in the house. Martha then said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Let me just pause right there and say, isn't it interesting that most people want to complain about when Jesus didn't show up rather than honor when Jesus does show up? God, if you only would have answered my prayer, then it still happens today. We're still treating the same situations in our life like Martha did with Lazarus. Now, granted, they've been crying out to God. They've been crying out to Jesus. They've been crying to have an encounter with Jesus. They've been asking him to come, even to the point where Jesus says, we'll be there in a few days. Don't worry about it. Listen, your miracle it hasn't stopped. It's just delayed maybe a little bit. Because God wants us to be in that position where we begin to trust him, no matter what the circumstance is in our life, no matter what the outcome of that is. The goal is not to complain about Jesus when he doesn't touch your life, when he doesn't pull through for you at the same time that you wanted to, but is to honor him, respect him, love him, revere him when he does and when he's there. Amen? That's a good word, Pastor Jane. Amen. <clears throat> Verse 22, even now I know that whatever you ask, God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise from the dead. It wasn't, a, it, he was confident in saying that, wasn't he? Right? He was confident. Your brother's going to rise from the dead. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise in the resurrection on the last day. <laughs> Martha's trying to outwit Jesus a little bit, like, not, that's how I read it. It's probably not true, but that's how I read it, right? And then Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live, even if he dies. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? He asked Martha. She said to him, yes, Lord, this is so profound if we can get this in our hearts. She said, yes, Lord, I have come to believe that you are the Christ, the son of God, and he who comes into the world. When I read that, this jumped out of me so hard. It said, let Jesus convince you. I have come to believe 
Did she believe right away? No. But she said, I come to believe. I think for some of us in this room, in this house this morning, that there are some people that just need to be convinced that Jesus is coming for you, that he is coming to give that miracle that you've been praying for, that son, that daughter you've been praying for, those people in your hearts, those, those, those situations in your life, your marriage, whatever the case may be. Stop wishing and guessing and trust in Jesus and let him convince you that he's for you and not against you. Let him convince you that he's there. How does he convince you? You find that secret place with him. You find that secret place with Jesus. Let him convince you. Let's move on down to, to verse 38, verse 44, through, four, through 44, verse 38. He said, so Jesus, again, being deeply moved within, came to the tomb. Now it was a cave, and a stone was lying against it. Jesus said, remove the stone. Someone say, remove the stone. Remove the stone. Martha, man, Martha, the sister of the deceased said to him, Lord, by this time there will be a stench. Then the King James says, he stinketh. I love that. He stinketh. For he's been dead for four days. Jesus said to her, did I not say to you that if you believe you will see the glory of God? Verse 41, so they removed the stone. They removed the stone. I think some of us are waiting for Jesus to remove the stone in our life when Jesus has given you the authority to move the stone on your own. What do I mean by that? We're crying out to God. We're asking Jesus. We're praying we see no activity happening in your life, maybe, just maybe the issue is there's a stone in your life that's blocking the miracle from coming out in your, in your own personal life right now. Maybe there's something going on that you have not yet given over to Jesus, that you have not yet taken authority over, whatever the case is. Let, let's just make it as general as we can. Maybe it is that addiction. Maybe it is that thing that you've been dealing with for a long time. Maybe it is that sin and that temptation that you keep continually going back to. Like the Bible says, as a, as a, as a dog returns to his vomit, so the man returns to his folly. When I had my dog Baxter, it was pretty gross. I saw that actually happen. And I went, ooh, ooh, that's, that's not good. But then I let him lick my face anyway. Come on. <laughs> Nothing like dog kisses. See you in heaven, Baxter. So there might be some stones in your personal life. But maybe it's something a little bit deeper. Maybe it's something a little bit more internal that no one sees on the external. Maybe you're holding bitterness, anger, or something going on in your life. Maybe you haven't forgiven somebody and yet you're still holding the grudge to the person who said that one thing to you. Maybe it's something that's a stone in your life that's not allowing the resurrection of your life to take place. Jesus says to you, remove the stone. Yeah, Jesus, we want, to take, we want you to take it away. No, God says, come and let me, let me take it away from you. Present it to me, give it to me, so that way I can get rid of it out of your life. It's time for some of us to remove the stone from our lives. Remove the stone. And Jesus, verse 
41 continuing, and Jesus raised his eyes and said, Father, I thank you. Hold on. You know, when the Holy Spirit speaks to you, you just gotta be obedient, right? Success in the kingdom isn't having big, extravagant things. Success in the kingdom is obedience. Someone needs to write that down and tweet that. Because a lot of people want to be successful. If I could just have that. Man, if I could just have big muscles like Stephen Frederick, that'd be awesome. You guys know who that is? Elevation Church Worship Pastor Guy. But No, listen. Success in the kingdom is all about obedience. It's not about what happens externally. So here we go. I have to obey what God's telling me to say. I'm just going to poke this a little bit because I do think there's some people in here who are holding grudges in your heart, justifying it by you don't understand, Pastor, what they did. You don't understand what they said. You don't understand how they feel about me. You don't understand that. You don't understand what my mom did. You don't understand what my dad did. I'm here to tell you right now that that's a stone in your life preventing a miracle to take place in your heart. I'm here to tell you right now, listen, I know, I know it wasn't fair. I know it shouldn't have happened. I know that you might have been just a little bitty baby kid. You, I know that. I understand that. But make no mistake about it. God wants to set you free from that by you giving the stone over to him. Remove the stone from your life. Think to yourself. Ask the Holy Spirit right now to investigate your heart. The Bible says to search me, O Lord. God, what are you doing? What are you doing? Is there anything right now in my life that's a stone that I can bring to the surface and I can get rid of it? Because you're just one stone rolled away from a resurrection part of your life. Stop holding on to the things of the past. See the new. I feel really good. That one was free, free. Verse 43. And when he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out like Carmen. You guys remember that song by Carmen? Lazarus. Jesus. (laughs) Lazarus. You guys know what I'm talking about? Man, if you ever have a chance, look up that song. That's the best song in the world. Jen, you know what I'm talking about, right? Lazarus. Jesus. Lazarus. Verse 44, came out with the man who died, bound hand and foot with wrappings, and his face was wrapped around with a cloth. Jesus said to him, unbind him and let him go. You see, in this story, Jesus wanted something to come out. He wanted something to come out from the tomb. Jesus was going to prove that he can take authority over any situation and resurrect the dead things in our lives. He was going to prove on that day in this particular resurrection story. Guys, listen, this isn't just a story that we read about in the Bible. This actually happened. Four days the dude was dead in a tomb. Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth. And the guy came out in this story. Jesus is telling us that he has authority over the situations in your life. All we have to do is remove the stone and watch what comes out of the tomb of your heart. Watch what comes out of the tomb of your soul and of your spirit. 
See, because I believe that inside of some of us this morning, there's dead things that need to be resurrected. Come on, somebody. There's dead things that need to be resurrected. The gifts, talents, visions, passions, whatever the case is, fill in the blank. Jesus is saying to you right now, remove the stone that distracts you so he can speak to those things and bring life to them. Remove those stones out of your life. Stop settling for status quo. Stop settling for this is how it's always going to be. It's not how it's always going to be. God has a bigger, better plan for you. But sometimes we need to remove the stone from our life so God can speak to the Lazarus within you and say, Lazarus, come forward. Say, Lazarus, come forward. Do you guys catch what I'm saying here this morning? Maybe God has spoken a vision to you. Maybe God has spoken a ministry to you. Maybe God has spoken something to you, but yet we have a stone that says, I'm just too old. I'm too this. I'm too that. I can never do this. I can never do that. God says, remove that stone and let me speak life to it one more time so he can resurrect. Remove the stone so I can speak life to it so you can resurrect. God wants to resurrect the Lazarus within you. But there's always going to be that one thought in your mind. But if it does come out, Lord, it's going to stink. It's going to stink. It's going to stink. I want to encourage you. Let the Lord speak life into the impossibilities of your life and see what comes out of the grave. Allow the Lord to resurrect what's inside and see what comes out on the other end. Nobody really knew what was going to happen with Lazarus, right? Just picture this in your mind, right? Just picture this in your mind. Here he is laying in the tomb, Jesus. <laughs> it's so funny how he prayed. He's like, Father, I know you're listening to me, you know, because you're always listening to me. But for these guys' sake, I'm going to go ahead and say this. <laughs> right? Then he says, Lazarus. Nobody knew that Lazarus was really going to come out, Right? I mean, if you were standing there, there'd be two, two types of people. There'd be skeptics and anticipation. All right, he said it. Let's see what happens. And there'll be those who are like, oh, okay, I'm getting some coffee. This is weird. Right? See, most of us have already dipped out and we've already said, I'm getting coffee. God's bringing us back to the, pl- to the point, to the place in our lives. Right here, right now, in this very moment that says, which one will you be? The skeptic, or are you gonna be the one in anticipation? Remove the stone, remove the stones from your life and allow God to speak directly to you so he can resurrect what's inside, amen? Amen. Another story of resurrection is found in Matthew chapter 28. You can turn there if you want to. Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28, verses 1 through 7. And it says, Now after the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to look at the tomb. And behold, a severe earthquake had occurred. For an angel of the Lord, which usually means an angel of the Lord described in the New or the Old Testament usually means the Lord. You guys with me? An angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled away the stone and he sat upon it. The first resurrection, Jesus said, remove the stone. The second resurrection, 
Jesus removed the stone. God's power, the encounter. I think in today's culture, in today's church culture at least, what we're missing is God encounters. I think that's one of the things that God's resurrecting back into the church. Where it's gonna be okay when we live out the book of Acts in Acts chapter eight, when people, the apostles and the prophets went around and they began to speak out certain things and demon-possessed people came and all of a sudden, before you know it, you got big crowds of people. I think that's coming back as a regular occurrence, right? And we all say yes and amen for those of you I think it's great, but guess what? God's calling you to do it. God's calling you. He's calling me to be the person to say, come on, somebody, let's, let's go pray for some people. Let's see what happens out in the street. Let's go pray for some people, see what takes place. Oh, but pastor, I, have, I don't have enough time. Get that stone out of the way. It's time to see the advancement of the kingdom of God. But in this story, the angel of the Lord rolled the stone away and he sat upon it. He didn't sit upon it because he was tired. You know, some of us would like to picture, oh, oh, you know, he didn't sit on it because he was tired. Nope. He sat on it because the throne of God is established on top of the obstacle to your miracle. You can buy that message for, no, I'm just <laughs> I tease, I tease, I'm teasing. He sat upon it because the throne of God is established on top of the obstacle to your miracle. He rolled away the stone, not just to let Jesus out. Because as we see in John chapter 20, after Jesus was resurrected, he walked through the wall. Certainly he can walk through the stone, right? Yeah. Certainly he can walk through the stone. No. Nope. He rolled away the stone to invite people in to see that the tomb was empty. Because here's Mary sitting there. The angel says, come see. He is no longer here, but he is risen. And this resurrection story Jesus is inviting you in to the impossibility of what could happen. See, he was inviting us into agreement of our own testimony of triumph and victory in every single situation that life gives us. See, in life, Jesus gave us a message. You guys ready to hear this message that Jesus gave us? And he's ready to back it up every single step of the way. He said, that message is, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It is within reach. The realm of God's dominion, the resurrection power of God is available for every situation that life brings. Amen. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Does that seem far away to you? The kingdom of heaven is as close as your hand is to your body. He gave us and he invited us in to see that the impossibilities in your life become possible when we put our faith and trust in him. Amen? See, this realm of God's dominion, this resurrection power, this impossible lifestyle that, we, that, that, that every believer, I believe, should have, it's tasteable. It's experienceable. 
And I believe oftentimes the Lord is waiting, hear me, the Lord is waiting for a bold preacher. And I'm not talking about a preacher from a pulpit. I'm talking about a preacher in your own life, you, to declare the word of the Lord over your situation. I'm so happy and thankful and honored that I get to be your pastor. When I say that, I want you to know that I really mean that. I value every single one of you. Every single one of you, and I love you equally the same. But there's something about it when you begin to take authority and you begin to call out the resurrection power over your own life. You don't need Pastor Jake. You don't need Pastor Lupe Trelis. You don't need Pastor Steve. You don't need these people who are up here preaching and all doing all this. No, you have the same power. You have the same ability as anybody else in this whole world. You don't need to run across seas to go get your miracle. You don't need to go across the, the states to go get that. He's the same God he is there as he is right here. And all we need to do is position ourselves in alignment with the resurrection power and declare it as if it were. See, when you study boldness in Scripture, when somebody would take what God was saying and what he was doing, and they boldly declared it, it attracted God into the impossibility. When they would boldly declare it. See, he rolled the stone away and he sat on it. And to be honest, that should just make us happy. Why? Because when he sat upon it, it really meant it's finished. It's really finished. It's really finished. The things that seem impossible are always possible with him. It is finished, amen? See, there's a quote that I read while studying this, and here's what it said. It's impossible for a Christian not to have an appetite for the impossible. It has been written into our spiritual DNA to hunger for the impossibilities around us to bow to the name of Jesus. It's impossible for a Christian not to have an appetite for the impossible. Are you hungry? Are you hungry for the impossible? You know, at the beginning of this, I said, this is what God has for our church, right? Are you hungry for that? Are you hungry for that? Are you hungry to see what God can do with this house and begin to do something very powerful and particular with it? Are you ready to see what God can do with your house, with you, and see what happens? Are you hungry for it? Because hunger will always lead to passion. Passion will always lead to miracles. And we need that hunger in our lives to be stirred up again. The Bible says to fan into flame the gift of God that's inside of you. We need to fan into flame this passion for Jesus and this hunger for him that it overtakes everything that we ever think about. Amen? We have to have it. We have to have it. Because without it, we're just another club. I don't want to be another club. I want to be the church that God has called us to be, the church where the gates of hell cannot prevail against it. And that doesn't mean, oh no, keep hell away. No, that means watch out hell, I'm coming. That's what that means. It doesn't mean, oh no, don't do this, oh no. No, it means watch out, watch out, because for every, for every person that gets injured, for every person that, that something, something of, of injustice happens to them, guess what, we're going to attack it with the, with the, with the kingdom of God. We're going to see soul saved. Amen? How about you, man? I just, I need an organ right now. 
<laughs> See, those impossible things we should be chasing after all begin with the renewing of the mind. And you know your mind is renewed when the impossible looks logical. You ever get around positive people? And they're always like, ah, don't worry about it, it'll be okay. You're like, no, you don't understand, the building's on fire. <laughs> Ain't no biggie, don't worry about it. <laughs> we got water, it's okay. No, 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 pastor, you don't, you don't. Ryan is probably the most positive person I know. And the other day he was over to our house, we had a little team meeting, team staff get together, and I was like, first of all, I love fire. I've been wanting to tell this story for a long time. And uh, so I, <laughs> I get all the logs and I said, hold on. And I put that fire starter stuff on there, right? He's like, uh, Pastor, you sure we're gonna need that? I'm like, yeah, don't worry about it, it'll be okay. <laughs> no, you know that this actually happened to somebody just recently and this happened. I'm like, it's okay, don't worry about it. Right? And so I... Uh, I lit it, and nothing happened. I was so sad in my heart, right? Ryan was trying to stop me from pursuing my passion of burning things up. And I got so upset about it. <laughs> no, I'll just play. Right? You get around those positive people who are like, oh, no, it's, yeah, don't worry about it. It's going to be okay. Here's what this means. When you start getting around those people, what they see is the impossible looks logical to them and they're really taking on the mind of Christ. Now, I'm not talking about for every situation, okay? But what I'm talking about is get around some people who are encouraging you to think about impossibilities rather than thinking of it logically all the time because the impossibilities to, to God are possible and we just need to renew our mind to think that way. We just need to renew our mind to think that way. You can play some music back there, guys. Really, really light. <laughs> Here's what I mean by that. You turn it down a bit. Here's what I mean by that. We look out in our culture right now, in our world, and all the things are going on with, with some of the administration going, it's gonna be a cold, dead winter. You better watch it. Uh, thanks for the help, man, I appreciate it. Right? No. This isn't about this, it's not about that, it's about taking on the mind of Christ and what is he saying? What is he declaring? What is he trying to resurrect in this moment? What is he trying to resurrect in this moment? Because if he's trying to resurrect something, then we need to begin to declare that even though we don't see it in real time, let's get the word of God in our hearts and begin to speak it out as if it were and see the resurrection happen. Amen? That's up to us, guys. The world is looking for who will stand up and rise up to this challenge. Because if we don't, someone else will and it won't be as good as what God wants. It's a great story and I'm gonna, be, and I'm gonna finish. That's found in Ezekiel that explains this so well. Ezekiel chapter 37, verses one through 10. This is what it says. I just love this story. The hand of the Lord was upon me and he brought me out by the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of the valley and it was full of bones. He had me pass among them all around. Just, just picture this as I read this to you. He had me pass among them all around and behold, 
there are very, very many on the surface of the valley, and behold, they were very dry. So what's Ezekiel saying? There's some dead, old, dry bones that I'm walking around. God, what you got me going through? Then he said to me, then God said to me, son of man, can these bones live? Ezekiel answered, Lord God, you yourself know. <laughs> I don't know, but you do. Again, he said to me, prophesy over these bones and say to them, you dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Lord God says to these bones. Behold, I'm going to make breath into you so that you may come to life. And I will attach your tendons to you, make flesh grow back on you, cover you with skin and put breath into you so that you may come to life and you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I commanded. Come on, somebody. And, I was, and as I prophesied, there was a loud noise. There was, there was a loud noise and behold, a rattling and the bones came together, bone to its bone. And I looked and behold, tendons were on them and the flesh grew and the skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy Ezekiel to the breath, prophesy son of man and say to the breath, the Lord God says this, come from the four winds, breathe and breathe on these slaves so that they may come to life. So I prophesied as he commanded me and the breath entered them and they came to life and stood on their feet an exceedingly great army. When Ezekiel began to declare the written word of God, which is the Logos, and the spoken word of God, the Rhema, when he began to see God doing something, even before it actually happened, before the bones were, see it's easy to thank God and praise God when the miracles happen, but what about before the miracle? What about before the time it actually takes place? What about before the time something takes, on, takes shape, it takes on form? What about before that? That's what God's calling you and I to right now in this very hour. To see with his eyes what, God, what he's doing and begin to declare to the dry bones in the valley, come to life, come to life, come to life. It's the reason why we have a mandate here of a regional revival center. Come to life. Now over your own personal life, what is God saying over you? What does God want to resurrect in you? Because he is the resurrection and the life. You may not be seeing something right now that you've, been, that you've been believing and asking God for. You may not be seeing it right now. You may not even see what God wants to do with you. Get God's perspective on the situations going on and the circumstances in your life and begin to prophesy into them as if it were and see the valley of dead bones begin to rise up in your life. I just laid out for you three resurrection stories. The first one, remove the stone. The second, God, remove the stone so you can, something could come out. The third one is, see with your eyes what God is doing and speak, amen? See with your eyes and speak, let's pray. Father, today we give it to you, Jesus. Everything. Everything that we don't see but you see, 
Help us to have those kinds of eyes. And every foul, demonic spirit, I'm calling you out right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Spirit of fear, you have no authority over our lives as believers. You have no stronghold over this country in the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody. Spirit of fear, you have no authority. Listen to me, anxiety and depression in the name of Jesus Christ. You must bow your name and your knees to the name of Jesus. <laughs> Come to life. Come to life. Come to life. Come to life. Come on, come to life. Come to life. Come to life right now in Jesus' name. Come to life right now in Jesus' name. You got some stuff going on in your life right now that you know that you know that you need to surrender to Jesus. Now's the time. Don't wait till tomorrow. Don't wait. You, you, you don't think you can wait till tomorrow. You got to do it right now. You have to do it right now. Right now is the perfect moment because the love of Jesus is here. The love of Jesus is here for you with his arms open wide saying, just come to me so I can come and bring you life. So I could come and bring you life. So I could come and bring you life. Come to life. Resurrection right now to the dreams and visions and the things and the talents in your heart and your mind where they've been suppressed because of this, because of this, this thing that has happened over our world. In Jesus' name, now's the time to resurrect. Now's the time to resurrect. Hallelujah. For one minute, I want us to stand. Just for one minute. So come on, go ahead and stand right now. Please, if you can, with me. And just ask God with your mouth wide open and lifted to him to come to life the truth of God over your heart. So come on, just, just tell him, just prophesy right now. We're gonna do, a, we're gonna do a, 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 a gathering of prophetic word here to say, come to life. We're gonna declare it right now. Come to life in me, Jesus. Come on, everybody, just, be, just say that. If you don't know what to say, just say that. Just say, come to life right now. Come to life. Come to life right now. Come to life. Come to life. Come to life. Come to life right now in Jesus' name. Come to life right now. Everything that's been dead inside of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, come to life. Come to life right now. Lord, we move the stone. God, we ask you to move the stone. God, come to life right now in Jesus' name. Come to life right now in Jesus' name. Hey, 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 hey. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> I keep hearing the word of Kim Clement prophet who died in 2016, he said, you're somewhere in the future and you look much better than you do right now. <laughs> you're somewhere in the future and you look much better than you do right now. Come on, somebody. Come to life in Jesus' name. Resurrect the dry bones. Resurrect the hunger, the passion for you, Jesus. Resurrect the hunger, God. God, Father, right now in Jesus' name, we just pray and we cry out for revival in our community. God, we pray for every single church, the God, that desires you, Lord Jesus. You would bring revival, God. Pour out your spirit, Lord. Pour out your spirit in hunger. Pour out your spirit in passion right now in Jesus' name. Pour out your spirit right now, Father.
in the name of Jesus Christ. God, pour out your spirit and your power, God. God, we're hungry for God encounters. God, we're hungry for those encounters, God, that will change. God, who will make a difference, who will break the chains of yoke of slavery right now in Jesus' name. God, we pray right now in Jesus' name that you begin to move. The Bible says that my house should be called a house of prayer. Welcome to his house in Jesus' name. Just begin to pray right now. Come on. God's doing something. God, God's doing something. Revival in the house in Jesus' name. Move. Move, Father. Move with your passion. Move with your spirit. Move with your power right now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 Sickness is no longer allowed. Death is no longer allowed in the name of Jesus. Nope, nope. There's absolutely nothing that can come against the name of Jesus Christ. Nothing can raise his ugly little head above the beautiful name of Jesus. Father, we thank you, God. We bless you. And last, if you are holding unforgiveness or a grudge to somebody, it'd be best, let me just encourage you, it'd be best to release them right now and allow God to work in your heart. And if you feel it in your spirit to call them, say, I'm sorry, this is what I've done against you. I know it's tough. This is where the pedal, this is where the rubber meets the road, guys. This is what it happens. But there's victory for you, amen? There's victory for you. We thank you, God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.